There was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. And after these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. As far as the reading of God's word, let's again pray and ask for God's blessing upon it. Father, as we read of such a humble beginning, Father of Christ coming to earth, but Father, we understand that the King of kings and the Lord of lords would take on human flesh would live a perfect life, willing to die, rose again, and ascended into heaven. Father, for us, Father, we give you thanks for what Christ has done. And Father, we pray, too, that we would be emboldened to proclaim this message to all that we come in contact with. And Father, too, that they may know the, pay, the peace and the joy that we have through Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, Father, for the preaching of your message this morning. Father, that it come forth with great unction. Father, that it would reach into the hearts of many. Father, turning them to Christ. All this we pray in his name. Amen. And amen. So we have before us the first visit of an angel. And as we go through the outline, you're going to see it's kind of going to follow the same pattern with each one of these angel visits. 
So the first thing we want to look at in regards to this visit is who visited him? Which angel comes? Now, it's, it's kind of interesting. We know the name is Gabriel, right? We, we know that, but we don't learn that until verse 19. The, the angel does not come and first identify himself. That's not the first thing Gabriel utters. There is a whole exchange that takes place. In fact, he doesn't reveal his name until Zechariah has indicated some doubt. Once Zechariah has indicated this doubt, how shall I know? And we know it's doubt. We know it's not the same question as Mary because the angel responds, you didn't believe my message. It's only then that he says, do you know who I am? I'm Gabriel, and I come from the very presence of God. Almost as if it is, how is it you could not believe one who came from God? So we know this appearance is to Zechariah, and we know it's Gabriel. The meaning of the name Gabriel means strong one or hero of God. The strong one. A hero of God. Interesting name to, to give to an angel, right? It sounds like it ought to be one of the judges back in the book of Judges, right alongside of, of Gideon, perhaps, uh, that, that one should have a judge was raised up by the name of Gabriel, a strong one, a hero of God. Now this is the name that the Lord himself attaches to this particular angel. What is the reason behind that? What caused that? God does not go into any revelation or explanation regarding why this particular angel is given the name Gabriel, except that it's a fact. And Luke is recording for us the fact that he has researched this, he has talked to people, he, he, he has gone into great depths regarding this, but we also know this is the revelation of the Holy Spirit, right? This is the work of God. So the angel's name is Gabriel. Note Zechariah's reaction. His reaction is one of trouble and of fear. Verse 12, Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. Now there's likely two reasons for this. One is the sudden appearance of someone else in a place where only Zechariah is to be. That in itself is one that causes fear and trouble. Perhaps you've had that experience in life. You've walked into a, a room not expecting anyone else to be there and suddenly there's movement. You're going, what, what's going on? What's happening? Why are you here? This in particular is to be a place where this incense is all offered that only Zechariah should have been. So one is the suddenness. There's no knock on the door. There's no clue it's just suddenly. The second thing is probably the appearance itself. Although there is no explanation given, there, there's nothing about this that says, oh, there was great glory and great brightness. 
that isn't there, but the appearance of one who is noted as a hero of God, a strong one, would indicate one of great presence, great strength, great power. But there is perhaps a third one, right? We've been going through this with with the Hebrews passage, right? With with the great high priest, Jesus, and then the comparison to these earthly priests and their work, right, in the tabernacle, or as Zechariah is here, in the temple. Zechariah doesn't get to do this every day. This work that Zechariah is about comes once in a lifetime for most of these priests. So he's there, he's offering the incense, right? Something he's probably never done before, something he's never engaged in before, and it comes with all sorts of rules and regulations, and suddenly there is one who is strong, who is a hero of God, appearing. What might be going on in Zachariah's head? I'm done. I messed up. I didn't calculate the right amounts in the incense. I did this wrong. We have a whole Old Testament with examples of people who, what? Offered unholy incense before the Lord. And what happened? Fire comes out before the Lord and consumes them. This This is a major thing in Zechariah's life. He's old. Maybe he messed up and suddenly the, oh, the judgment is coming. I'm going to be judged. I'm a dead man. So we have a number of reasons for this fear and troubling that may be coming upon him. But note the message. Now, I'm going to repeat this often. Angel means messenger. Every one of these appearances is God sending a message through his angels. And what is the message? You don't need to fear. You're not going to die. You didn't mess up. You don't need to be troubled. I have a message for you from God. Don't fear. Your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a son. The blessing of these words of peace, these words of calm, these words of comfort. You're going to have a son who is going to prepare the way for the Lord himself. Now I want you to note the last time there was a message from the Lord is the book of Malachi, as we said a few weeks ago, some 400 years before this. The book of Malachi chapter 3, Behold, I will send the messenger of the covenant beforehand. 
I will send the one to prepare. There is a direct connection between the last time God has spoken revelation to his people and the first time God speaks again through a messenger to his people. I told you 400 years ago I'm sending one to prepare the way. Now I'm telling you, I am about to do so. Zechariah, you're going to have a son. You're going to call that son John, and he is going to prepare the way. He is going to do that, which the one in Isaiah, who Isaiah prophesied, is going to come. He is going to prepare the way. He is going to make ready the people of God. I am about to act in a way that has never happened before and will never happen again. First appearance. Now we go with me, if you still have your Bibles open, to Luke chapter 2. Excuse me, still Luke chapter 1, but... Verse 26. Verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord, Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So now we have another angel visit, this time to Mary. Somewhere around six months since the one we just read about earlier with Zechariah. He finishes his tour of duty. He goes home. Elizabeth conceives. She is now in her sixth month. We're told that twice in this passage. So, somewhere between six and nine months, between the first appearance of an angel, comes a second appearance. Now, remember, it's been 400 years since anything like this has taken place. Notice here, Gabriel identifies himself right away. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel came. Oh, you say, wait a minute. No, that's not quite right, is it? He doesn't identify himself right away. Luke identifies him for us. Luke tells us it's Gabriel. 
but the words of the fact of who he is do not occur there. In fact, he never identifies himself. He never says, I am Gabriel. He never says, I've come from a message from God, directly from God. Not in the same way he responded to Zechariah. We only know this is the same angel. We only know that this is Gabriel because Luke narrates that part. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel came. Now, one, they're, 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 God is communicating something about the doubt of Zechariah, the misbelief of Zechariah, so that the angel needs to identify, reminding us that the question that Mary asked then, how can this be, is not a question of doubt, but is a question of detail. Because notice she asked the question, which we may look at as, well, isn't that the same thing Zechariah did? But notice the response is not, I am Gabriel, I came from the presence of God, now you're going to be silent until this baby is born. Because the angel Gabriel does not say, this is an unbelieving statement you have made, Mary. In fact, he goes on to give an explanation to her of the details of how this will be. So the second visit is to Mary. The name of the angel is Gabriel. The reaction is troubled. Same word, but mixed with fear, given the fact that the angel says, do not be afraid, right? Verse 30. So we're told she was greatly troubled at the saying, but the trouble must have included fear because that's what the angel says. Do not be afraid. So once again, we have the same reaction, right? Trouble. There's fear. Well, why? Strange appearance. Once again, we don't have any of the you know, bright glory surrounding this angel. Nothing is said about that. It's not like Mary, oh, there's a bright light. Of course I'm troubled and afraid. Nothing about that. In fact, what's interesting is that this angel Gabriel has been mentioned by name previously in Scripture. Daniel chapter 8. We uncovered this just Wednesday in our men's Bible study. We were going through this. And here's the angel Gabriel, but we are told specifically that he has the appearance of a man. It's not like there's some bright light. What's also interesting about that passage in Daniel is that's the first time that an angel is identified by name. So prior to Daniel, there have been no angels identified by name. Unless, as my wife pointed out, we might include Satan or Lucifer's name. But I don't think the Bible's putting them in the same, he, him in the same category at this particular point. He's just kind of interesting, right? He showed up before. He showed up to Daniel and had the appearance of a man. Now he shows up to Zechariah. No mention of bright glory, white clothing, dazzling. No mention of that to Mary. 
And yet the reaction of these folks is one of trouble and one of fear. His presence is alarming because of its suddenness. His presence is alarming perhaps because as his name identifies him as the strong one, the hero of God. And yet we cannot perhaps get out of our minds the fact, well, if he's come from the presence of God, is there, is there not some glorious appearance to him? And yet the Daniel passage makes no mention of that. In fact, it emphasizes the fact, the appearance of a man. But he comes with a message as well. Remember, angels are messengers. And his message is twofold. You're going to have a son, and he's going to be the son of God. The son that you have is going to be the son of God. And note what our English versions do with this, right? In our English versions, when he tells her, you're going to have a son, it's a little s. When he says he's going to be the son of God, it's a big s. What are we being communicated here? You, in your humanity, are going to have a son. He will be human. But he will also be the son of God. He will also be divine. He will also be divinity. The message to Mary is not only that she is going to have a child, but that the child is going to be human and divine. The one who is coming that John is to prepare the way for is going to be one who is going to come in humanity and in divinity. Appearance number three. Go with me to the book of Matthew, chapter one. Third appearance. Mary is obviously with child by the time we, we read this. Joseph knows about it because he's the one who's thinking about putting her away. So she has indeed become pregnant since the angel's appearance by the Holy Spirit. That has happened. She has informed Joseph that she is pregnant. And... She has traveled to Elizabeth to see Elizabeth. And it would appear that in that time frame, from the time in which she communicated this to Joseph, her pregnancy, has gone to Elizabeth. Joseph has contemplated all of this as to what to do that now an angel appears. Zechariah, a period of perhaps somewhere between six to nine months. An appearance again to Joseph, perhaps within three months of this last appearance. Let's read about it. Okay. Verse 18. 
Matthew chapter 1. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. See, he knows. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. So he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So what do we learn? Well, we have another angel appearance. The name. No name. No name, just an angel. Nowhere in the account are we told it is Gabriel. Right? And we shouldn't assume that. We, we shouldn't assume, well, it, he's done it twice, certainly this must be Gabriel. It would seem that if it was, God would have told us that. But regardless of that, we're not told. Just an angel. No identification of the particular angel. But what's interesting is Joseph's reaction. How does Joseph respond to this angel? Do you read the words, he was troubled? Nope. Do you read the word he was afraid? No. How come Joseph's response is so much different than Zechariah and Mary? Any of you catch it? There's a distinct difference. Joseph was asleep. This is in a dream. The others are, are visions, we might say, okay? because that's what the people said in regards to Zechariah, and he made signs to them indicating such. So Zechariah is, is a vision. The difference between a vision and a dream is a vision is while you are fully awake and conscious. A dream is you are asleep. In the dream, the angel speaks. That does not cause the same fear and trembling because he's not awake. He is asleep during the process, during the visit that the angel makes. But note the message. Remember, angels are messengers. Whether they come in visions or whether they come in dreams, they come to bring messages. And what is the simple message that this angel brings? Take her as your wife. It's okay. Take her as your wife. She's going to have a son who's going to be the Savior. He is going to save his people from their sins. Fourth, go back with me now, 
chronologically to Luke chapter 2. Right? So Joseph took her as his wife. We have the beginning of Luke chapter 2. They go because of the decree of Caesar Augustus to Bethlehem. Right? She gives birth to the child. Verse 6, while they're there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in the manger, no place for them in the inn. Right? So the child has been born. Appearance number four. Pick it up with me at verse 9, or verse 8. And in the same regions there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Stop right there for the time being. So now we have another appearance. Do we have a named angel? Is there a name associated here? No. Simply, once again, an angel. Unnamed. The reaction? Fear. Right? They are filled with great fear. There, there's almost like an added emphasis, isn't there? Right? We had Zechariah troubled in fear. We had Mary troubled. And the angel is reporting to us there is fear associated with her trouble. These men are not sleeping. They are awake. So an angel makes an appearance. And how do they respond? Not just fear. Great fear. What is the difference that you note between the appearance to Zechariah and the appearance to Mary where both are mentioned to be troubled and feared. What's the difference? Well, what does the text tell you is different? The text tells us the difference here is and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they are filled with great fear. The appearance of this angel is different than the appearance in the other three times because now the glory of the Lord is there. And what message is being communicated by that? To Zechariah, Emmanuel is not yet here. God is not yet with us. The message to Mary, yes, it's troubling, it's fearful, but there is not great fear. Why? Because Emmanuel is not yet here. The message to Joseph. In the dream, but no fear, no troubling. Why? He's in a dream. But now that God is here. God has come. God is present upon earth. Let's not minimize the God with us. Let's not just say that's a nice title. There's something dramatic happening here. God is here. And God's glory is shining around in these men. In the presence of God's glory. 
are filled with great fear. Why? What does the angel address? What is it that the angel addresses about their fear? Fear not. Why? Because you have a Savior. For today, a Savior has been born. You don't need to fear. You, you men, you shepherds. There is no reason to you, for you to fear the glory, the holiness, the majesty of God. Because you have a Savior. Which means that these men's reaction of fear. It's not because of the brilliance of light or the suddenness of it. It's because of their sinfulness. And that is the message. Remember, angels are messengers. That is the message of this angel. You, sinful men. You, sinful humanity. Have a savior. He's been born today. He didn't just come today. He didn't just appear today. He's been born today. And the reality of that birth is you're not going to find him in Jerusalem. You're not going to find him in the temple. You're going to find him wrapped in some swaddling bands and lying in a manger. You're going to find him as a newborn infant. Your Savior. Has come. Next verse. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. And suddenly, fourth appearance, excuse me, fifth appearance of angels. Now it's the angels visit the shepherds. Immediately, suddenly, as soon as the news about the birth of this child and the sign of his coming have been given from God. Through these angels. Suddenly. It's not the angels who took upon themselves and said, you know, hey, let's us go down and visit these shepherds and sing this song. It's not the shepherds who said, you know, this would really turn out really neat if now we had a whole choir of angels. Could, could you bring a bunch more with you? Understand that the suddenly there was with that one angel a heavenly host is a God thing. It's God who says we need more. More. You go. You go. You go. I want you to go and to sing. Chant. Repeat. This message to these men and to the world. Now what name is given? This is important. We can't under, under note this detail. 
What name? Heavenly host. The important word is the word host because the word host signifies something. Remember, we had it in our call to worship this morning. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. What does that word signify? What does host mean? Just a lot? No. In the Old Testament, the word host signified an army. It signified warriors. It signified troops ready for battle. It signified fighting soldiers. An army of soldiers prepared and ready for battle. These are not angels that we can't tell what gender they are. These are not such effeminate looking characters that we don't understand who they are. These shepherds understand that this is the army of the Lord. These are soldiers ready for battle. This is how God displays it. This is how God comes. This is who God sends. The Lord of hosts will accomplish this. The Lord who is in charge of the armies of heaven. Remember the vision of the Old Testament with Elisha and his servant? Oh, we're surrounded by all these problems. We're surrounded by all these foreign armies. What are we going to do? And Elisha says, open your eyes, man. The Lord opens the man's eyes and he sees the armies, the host of heaven. And he realizes how inconsequential those armies that he at once feared were compared to the host of heaven. This is who God sends. Can you hear heaven? Did you hear these heavenly hosts sent from the presence of God? What's the reaction of the shepherds? Well, at one angel, what did they do? Great fear came upon them. What happens when the heavenly hosts appear? Not a word is mentioned about their response. Why? Why do they not fear the heavenly host of God? Because a Savior has been born for them. For them. Unto you this day a Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. There's no fear of the army of the Lord. Because we have a Savior. A Savior who has come into this world. Who is wrapped in swaddling bands and lying in a manger. The Savior who bears our humanity. And yet is the divine Son of God. A one who is able to offer that perfect sacrifice. Fully accepted, heard by the Father. See, these angels come not to instill more fear. 
but they come to bring comfort and hope and assurance. You hear them? Okay. See, the picture, the picture that, that suddenly forms in my mind of that evening. Not a bunch of people with looking like they got long, flowing, blonde hair that they've been meticulously curling to get ready for their appearance and have their harps and they're strumming along. I see soldiers with spears. Glory, glory to God, glory to God in the highest. They're the host of heaven. They have been sent by God to remind these people, these shepherds, not only that they have a Savior, but they have one who is indeed the wonderful Consular, the Prince of Peace. And how does a prince make peace? How does this occur? You destroy your enemies. You crush your foes. This is the announcement of these angels. Glory, praise, and honor be given to God to the greatest degree that can be given. Because he is about to accomplish peace. And to those who receive grace, to those upon whom his favor rests, to those who are God's elect, to those who are God's chosen, to those for whom Christ is going to die. Christ. This babe in swaddling bands, lying in a manger, is going to crush all your enemies. Every single foe, he is going to crush. And you know what? He's not even going to need the host of heaven to accomplish it. He himself will crush your enemies. What are you looking at today? What fear is yours? Is it the fear of sins of the past? Is it the weight of guilt of the past? Hear again the message of an angel. You have a Savior who came and took all of your sin away. Is your fear the things of this world? Is your fear the circumstances which we face, the uncertain future that is before us? Not only as a nation, but particularly as the church of Jesus Christ, as believers in Jesus Christ. Are you fearing the Roman armies of the day? This morning then, open your eyes and see that which the shepherds saw. The host of heaven at the command of the one who is the king of kings 
and the Lord of Lords. This is the message of Christmas. This is the message of the angels. And God's people say, Amen. Father, thank you for sending your messengers into this world to encourage, to instruct, to bring messages not from their own thoughts and ideas, but to bring your word, your message, the message of your son, the message of a savior, the message of a king, the message of the victor. Glory to you in the highest. And may those upon whom your favor rests, may those who know grace, know peace. In Christ's victorious name we pray and God's people say, Amen. Our closing hymn 318. This portion of scriptures put to music 318. We'll sing verses 1 and 2, have our benediction, and then we'll close with the third verse. Angels we have heard on high. 318. the one who is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, from the one whose increase of government and of peace there will be no end, the one who rules and reigns from the throne of David to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. From him comes this parting word, go in peace. Go in peace live as my people. Amen? Amen.